Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of the Pony Hatcast. I am your host Sam, also known as Doki Brian on Twitch. And we are joined today by our co-host, fellow cabin dwellers, Barry. Hello. And Isaiah. What's up? Today's episode is on a twister of a movie, The Cabin in the Woods. Our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments, as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Once again, the email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. The Cabin in the Woods was released on April 2012 in the U.S. It was directed by Drew Goddard, who is going to direct the upcoming X-Force movie. Uh, the screenplay was written by Josh Whedon and Drew Goddard. It stars Kristen Connolly, Krim... Ooh, I don't know why I said Krim. Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> Anna Hutchison, Ben Kranz, Jesse Williams, Richard Jenkins, Bradley Whitford, and many more. Currently, as of this podcast, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 91% for critics and 74% for the audience. Here's a little bit about the movie. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. Let's get into it. Barry, why don't you take us off? Because today I remembered that you usually start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so Cabin in the Woods, uh, for those that don't know, is not really a straight horror movie. Um, if it wasn't obvious from the trailers and promotional material, it's actually um, a parody. I'd say more satire than parody, I guess. Um, but it's this weird premise where, I guess, instead of being a straight horror movie, it's this idea that uh, these this secret organization has to create like this horror scenario to appease ancient gods that sleep. And through the course of this ho- this fake horror movie, People have to die, and by dying, they keep the elder gods asleep. So that's the basic premise, and it's whatever. They explain it over the course of the movie. And we've been talking recently about opening, like, openers to a movie, and this movie has either a really great opening or a really weak one, and it's hard to decide which, because it opens with just, like, two extremely generic office workers just doing like water to cooler talk talking about i think child proofing <laughs> like some cabinets mm-hmm. like the, the the credit scroll the opening credit scroll is all like this horror stuff like this like gnarly dark uh scary music and and then it just breaks in on these two guys in an office talking about absolutely nothing and then it just breaks into cabin in the woods like the the the, the title, and like the, with this scream, and you're like, "What? What is happening? <laughs> what is this?" Because I I originally watched this movie without knowing anything about it, nothing about it, and I'm like, "What? Okay, I guess this is gonna be a thing." I thought it was going to be funnier than it was. It was still it's still a very a very funny movie. Don't get me wrong. But it's like a, a like a mix where the story goes from like satire, like bouncing back and forth between like this horror storyline to like the uh, to like the underground, like whatever uh, organization storyline, and then they kind of converge at one point, and then they just go ham. They go like full goofy mode on it, <laughs> and it's kind of wonderful. Overall, very enjoyable film. Um, the the performances felt weird but i think they're deliberately cheesy to an extent 
and i think i think it's kind of great um this movie had a weird production lifeline where it was made and it sat on a shelf for many years and i'm not i'm not quite sure why it's something it's something worth looking into but yeah uh good movie and uh what do you think isaiah oh man <laughs> i'm actually gonna have to disagree i did not like this movie yeah yeah i did not enjoy it like chris hemsworth with a really weird american accent <laughs> but it's not <laughs> i know he, i know he tried his best you know but it's like he tried i can still feel the thor in him you know <laughs> just trying to break free <laughs> um and a lot of the performances i don't know it just felt really flat like people were dying and i was like oh i guess i should care <laughs> it's like uh, I, I guess i should care that they're dying and you like kind of sympathize, but not really. And the whole this is like this is the my first time seeing this film. I had no context going into it, so I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" It was like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but instead of it being like, "Oh, I feel like there's something smarter behind the scenes going on," it's like, "I feel like this movie's just super dumb and trying to be intelligent." Like, it's it's like a lie that's just been wrapped up in this facade of intelligence. And I maybe I'm just not well-versed enough in the horror genre to be like, oh, I can see that this is clearly trying to be making fun of this other movie or this particular scenario. But the whole time, I was just kind of like, I see all the horror film cliches, and I guess they're kind of trying to be like, hey, this is funny. Look at this thing. It's funny. Hey. But I, I was just like, I'm, I'm not entertained. Yeah, not not gonna say I really like the film that much. That's completely fair. It's it's a weird film, and if you, I guess, if you don't watch very much horror, it's kind of it's it's kind of a little bit flabbergasting because you're not you're not yeah. seeing what they're making fun of. I mean, some of it's pretty obvious, like the, the the title of the film, the main premise is just like a like a creepy cabin in the woods somewhere, which is the the if if like if it sounds familiar it's because it's been in every single horror film ever <laughs> okay yes a creepy cabin in the woods always yeah, exactly what'd you think uh sam yeah so i think that's interesting i think uh dude also barry your summary summarization of the movie is awesome it was like to the point and uh very poignant is that the word anyways going on i think you covered a lot of the good stuff isaiah covered the bad stuff for me uh i think yeah i like this movie not because the movie itself is a lot of fun to me because i i hate spoopy stuff (laughs) 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 but uh i i like what it's doing and and i'll get into that a little bit but yeah like the parody on horror movies and actually like how stupid these people have to be for these situations to work uh, it's kind of, it's really funny. So like when they first start out, they're going to this cabin and they meet this creepy old man. And you know, if, if I was a normal guy, I'd be like, heck no, I'm getting out of here. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Clearly something is wrong with this guy. Why would I continue? Right. And then you go in and you see the cabin clearly it's very creepy. <laughs> like it's in the middle of nowhere. It's a little old. Uh, there's nothing around. There's no sign of that uh thor's cousin having bought the cabin right yeah it's 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 just like an abandoned cabin yes no one has clearly lived here 
then and then you wouldn't want to go there. And then all of a sudden, Chris Thor acts like a jock, and he isn't. He's a sociology major, right? And then the blonde guy. Yeah, they play him as like he's actually extremely intelligent, which they show at the beginning of the film. And he's like, oh, I actually recommend this book because this lecture is going to cover this book. And if you speak to the professor having foreknowledge from this book, you'll appear more intelligent. And you can see that he's incredibly smart. Yep. And then he's just like, oh, I'm a a herder. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's because, you know, they have chemicals or whatnot. It's supposed to be they have the chemicals or whatever. They made him dumb. But like, yeah, it's like no person is that stupid, especially the part where it's like we should stick together. And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. And then they push the little button, and then the gas comes out at him. It's like, what, we should split what apart. What does that even mean? <laughs> actually, no, we should split apart. Yeah, actually. Really? really? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, anyways, there's like all those moments there where I think the reason why you didn't like it is because horror movies of that, that vein um, are actually really logically not sound, and that's why you didn't like it is because it's actually poorly constructed and they're showing you how poorly constructed these movies are in terms of uh, real world relevance when you stop and think about it for a little while that was not the part that got to me uh the part that i liked was if i view this as a meta commentary i know it it's not probably a meta commentary it's just what i got out of it or what i want to see it as just because it's joss whedon right so like Mm -hmm. the way that i viewed it Again, I could be wrong. I don't care because it's my opinion and I just want to pretend that it. this is what the movie is. It's a commentary on the movie industry as a whole and kind of like these guys in the control center um, are just just business people trying to make the industry run and the old gods, are, it's basically they're Hollywood and then you have to appease these old gods by making these crappy movies <laughs> at the expense of those poor innocent people who represent the viewers and it works because the viewers have to be stupid enough to make the system work right because again they said that you know they rigged the system as much as they can these control guys but in the end it's up to the people playing the game it's their choice right if they make a mistake yeah. then they get punished so like how i see this is a giant system where Hollywood's in control of everything and they need sacrifices to be appeased, so they make these crappy movies and then the viewers are playing along even though they have a choice to break the system apart. And that's what happens at the end where they're like, screw this, <laughs> you know, screw everything, especially the guy, the high guy. And then he messes everything up. The world gets destroyed. High <laughs> yeah, high guy. But like, you know, I think that's a great poignant statement in that I think there's a the system in place right now for film is deeply flawed and for anything better to emerge from it, you kind of have to break it apart and destroy it and start from scratch, which means it's going to be really scary. It's going to be really hard, you know, but I think it's kind of a statement saying that we we need this existing system to go away we need like hollywood to go away and we need something new we need something fresh to start where the viewers are not now i know like it's not it's not all there yeah, i'm stretching things here and there i'm not i don't want to go into the specifics but uh that's that's how i viewed it as and that's why i was like oh okay i can kind of 
Maybe I'm just imagining it, but I don't care because that's what I want to see. <laughs> no, dude, you 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 nailed yeah. it. That's I that's absolute. Right. You that's absolutely one hundred percent what this movie is. Awesome. It's just making fun of Hollywood. It's making like like when Sigourney Weaver shows up at the end. She's literally the director <laughs> that shows yeah. up trying to save the movie. Right? Yeah. She's like, "You guys are fucking it up. We have to fix the movie, or or the uh, the business people are going to get mad." and pull our budget right that's literally what she is um and every single little trope they kind of lampshade and make fun of us in this movie like we should split up or like where they go out and have sex in the woods and then somebody dies or even all like all the little roles that everybody's assigned like the jock or the the warrior the the fool the whore the virgin and like they're all like every character is like antithetical to what they're supposed to be because these people don't exist in real life, right? Yeah. They just don't yeah. exist. They're and, just caricatures. And, yeah, exactly. They're caricature. And the movie, the entire movie is just kind of making fun of that. Whether or not it's a good movie because of it, that's eh, debatable. Yeah, but, clearly, clearly Isaiah didn't like it, so it didn't... Like, I, I understood the message, and I understood like what they were hinting at throughout the film. It's not like that part of the message went over my head. Doesn't make it good, but though. <laughs> to me, it didn't make it a good movie, you know? It's like, oh, you're trying to pretend like you're so smart, but that doesn't suddenly make me be like, oh, you know what? Because you tried to be smart, it's like, this is a good film. It's like, no, that's not how it works. I don't know. I just, I found it, I personally found it entertaining because just watching it and seeing how they like just smeared all of this like horror or like schlock across the screen was really entertaining to me. Like every every shot was funny because you see every one of these shots in every goddamn movie ever, like like the the long distance like almost voyeuristic shots that that like litter the film. Oh, I love it! I just love it. <laughs> and like the ridiculous monster premise where he's got like the bear trap he's throwing at people. Yeah, how does that work? It makes what no sense. Fuck? It's like that's not how bear traps work. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. And he's swinging it on a chain. Like what? <laughs> what the fuck the guy with the bong that uses it as a bat <laughs> yeah uh, this shows like, great what? and the best part is that he's kind of um my character's like kind of the the audience insert which is the best part because he's just like a useless stoner <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one that sees everything for what it is but he can't do anything yeah it's all it's yeah. all like uh everything's everything's meta on a couple different levels yeah um, I loved that, like, no matter how many times they got shot or stabbed, like, like one scene later, they're just fine. <laughs> they're just perfectly <laughs> fine. fine. They're just perfectly fine. They're like, if you get stabbed, you're not, you're not having a good time. Yeah, Chris, Chris Hemsworth Thor literally just got stabbed in the back. Like, yeah. But he's Thor, though. 30 you know, minutes into the movie, yeah, and then, it off. you know, the rest of the film, he's perfectly fine. Yeah, well, until he isn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Until drives dies. a motorcycle into the force yeah. field. I like that though, because they very clearly was like when they had the bird go, they're like, "Hey, hey, look at this thing! It's gonna be important later." And then they just. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's that's the funny thing, because horror movies do it all the time, like the bloody handprint on the the RV, and then later it gets stabbed through the throat. Like they play with you, because like if you watch a lot of horror films, I, I think the most common trick is. They foreshadow something that's obvious, so it builds up anticipation. You're waiting for it to happen. You know, you know, like you have an idea of what's gonna happen, 
but you don't know when. So it's like waiting. You're just like, oh man, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? And then it doesn't happen until way later when your guard is down. You're like, ah, I gotcha. But I think they did a great job of like breaking down horror movies. I think if you're a fan of horror movies, uh, especially the more like B tier ones. B tier, uh, yeah, B tier. Cause like you know, like a, a good horror movie doesn't really—they don't necessarily follow these tropes as much or rely on it. But like all the campy ones that people are horror fans love, right? This movie kind of lovingly embraces those parodies and and displays it pretty accurately, you know. Absolutely. This is this is the first film that Joss Whedon directed Chris Hemsworth on, by the way. Ooh. He would later direct. So him this in is pre Thor. Yeah, this he would later direct him in the Avengers, uh, which would be his second. Imagine that. Imagine that being like your first and second collaborations with somebody. Wow. <laughs> it's like, hey, welcome uh, back, generic jock guy. <laughs> you are also generic jock guy in this film. <laughs> moving on up. Yeah, moving. Now on you up. have longer you are hair, though. Practically invincible, but we're gonna murder your entire family. <laughs> Loki oh, multiple ouch. times. <laughs> also like you know there's this is the weeding crew here you got uh franz kranz who's the the high dude he's topher in dollhouse you got i think it's amy acker who plays the scientist the chem lady who's chem also lady. in buffy and oh. angel and a lot of his other shows so it's kind of like weeding-esque you know even though he didn't direct it i think he it felt like he had a uh like a hand part in, in the movie. casting. I don't know. It just it just feels like a a Whedon product. Well, it's all it's all in the script. You know, clever dialogue, like interesting interesting ideas that are maybe a little bit too clever. It's all classic Whedon, classic Whedon. And uh, Drew Goddard was the director. I don't know if Whedon had very much directorial or production input after that, but the the. The script itself absolutely reeks of Whedon. <laughs> yeah, it I can does. say that, man. So, do you guys want to talk about that ending subplot where everything, everything, everything kind of gets thrown together? Because the majority of the film is exactly like it's a beat for beat, you know, horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and re- eventually reaches that that fantastic climax with the elevators where everything gets everyone gets murdered. <laughs> it's one, It's still. It's still one of my favorite. Still one of my favorite cuts, my favorite shots in cinema. It's not like very well done, but it's so, it was so unique, you know, where, um, I guess massive spoilers at the end, like they, they get into the underground, this underground, the secret underground layer <laughs> where they're operating, where this, this crew is operating out of. They ride one of the elevators down and along the way like they see all the other cages that like these other monsters that they had ready for like a werewolf like they had a very obviously like a pin pinhead reference from uh i think the hellraiser movies like that guy with the mm-hmm. saw blades in his head um like discount ghosts pinlet. yeah pinhead, discount whatever. discount pinhead because they couldn't get the rights to any of these monsters and then just that shot of where they're they're cornered in this little control box and they hit like the purge button and you're sitting there like this is this is hilarious because why would there be a purge button? Why would you do this? Yeah, and it's, you this and thing. It's, and it's the comical giant red button. You're like, oh man! <laughs> and just that incredible shot where it goes ding, and the elevator doors open, and everyone just gets ripped apart. It's so funny. 
It's so funny. Like that shot made the whole movie worth it for me. Like that that entire like what is that word? The that corridor is like and the walls. It's all doused in blood. It's like they overdo it. It's kind of like that scene in The Shining where the elevator doors open and a pool of blood comes out, right? But just that times like a hundred. Yeah. Everything's drenched in blood after everyone dies. There's like some gore there. Like you can see like the director writing a memo to the to the set department. He's like, blood. All of the blood. <laughs> How much blood? Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And then oh man, there's the I mean there's the killer clown, which is topically <laughs> topically important because it too just came out. And they had the killer clown in this one. Um and the unicorn. Oh man, I love oh, the, the unicorn. Hilarious. So <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah. it just skewers the guy against the wall. It's it's scary. funny because they count the unicorn as a monster, <laughs> not as a fantastic. like this majestic creature. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. There's so many little creature moments there, and they just blew their blew their entire load in the third act with all of it. It's just great. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, apparently. I've read that that control room, like because they they couldn't they couldn't green screen this the all the little monitors they had. One of the problems with filming a monitor is that uh, your eyes don't see it, but the monitors actually like depending on what kind of monitor they either flicker or they it's like a progressive scan type thing where only half the image is available at a time. And if you yeah. if you're I don't know if you don't know anything about about sampling rates, then it won't make a lot of sense. But if you're if you're if you're filming at uh, what is it, twenty four frames per second, mm-hmm. and your NTSC. monitors flicker, and your flicker, and your monitors flicker at sixty hertz, uh, NTSC, then there's going to be a desync, right? You're going to miss every every few frames, and you might catch something in the middle of a frame. So every time you see a, f- a monitor on screen in a in a movie, it's either green screened or it has to be manually synced to the camera. So Ouch. that they're they're refreshing at the same rate, which is that's, incredibly that's a difficult. It's a ton of work, and as it turns out, because they didn't have money for green screen, they had to manually sync every <laughs> single monitor in every oh, single no. shot for this movie. There's so many. Like, the <laughs> there's so many of them. Yeah, there's so many. Oh my god. There's so many of them. I would hate to be that guy. Okay, I have a greater <laughs> appreciation for this film now. <laughs> like some poor, like some poor technician on set every single day. It's like, okay, Some shot intern, 384, no. take 45, monitor sync now. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's, oh, that's so bad. But a cool little bit of technical filmmaking for, for those out there. It's why you, sometimes when you see like a film that doesn't, doesn't give a shit, like you'll see flickering screens or like weird... Uh, aliasing yeah, on yeah. on a screen when it's when it's on on film because that's that's what's happening. Um, mm. But yeah, imagine being that guy. <laughs> imagine being that guy. It's what like we have no life. money. We just have to we, like this poor unpaid intern has to sit here and manually sync monitors all day. Okay, <laughs> that's so interesting because like you know anyone who records a lot of film or makes you know any kind of videos, you eventually you come across. The scenario where you have to record a monitor and then you notice that that does happen. So I never thought about that though in movies. It's, it's great. Yeah, sometimes it's usually usually something that's 
really background. Like you're not generally supposed to notice it, but sometimes you can really, really tell when something's been green screened in. Cause like, there's no, mm. like, it doesn't like, move well. Yeah. It doesn't move well. There's no like subsurface refraction or there's no like, uh, uh, what is it called? Screening. And then you're like, okay, it's green screened. And it's like really badly green screen. <laughs> now, now I'm being taken <laughs> out of the moment because of, because of a fucking monitor in the background. A uh, really noticeable one for me was, oh god, Batman, no, Justice League, Justice League, when when Martha and Lois are having, yeah, are having lunch or something, and they have, that TV is, it has the woman on it that's like, aliens took my oh, husband. Yeah. They're probing uh, my husband. They're probing him, and I'm like, oh, that's some badass, that's some bad green screening. <laughs> I didn't notice, because that, that lady, that the moment itself was so jarring that it already took me out. <laughs> and I didn't want to listen or watch anymore. Yeah, now that I've now that I've clued in our listeners, you're never not going to notice this now. Every I'm single go time, back and watch it. Yeah, every single time to. a monitor is on screen now, you're going to be looking at it like, man, that is some bad green screen. <laughs> <laughs> I notice it pretty frequently. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a pet peeve for me personally, which is why in this movie I'm like, oh wow, this looks pretty good. And as it turns out, it's because it was all manually synced on the monitors. <laughs> <laughs> that's so terrible that's our new rating system did you did you do the monitors properly in the movie or not <laughs> yes or no it's God. a good it's a sign it's a sign of people that pay a lot of attention to detail so it gives me it gives me some respect for this movie it's not amazing but you people cared about it if, if they didn't care then it would just be a bunch of flickering screens but they cared <laughs> enough yeah yeah so that's kind of cool and I mean, there's a lot of screens in this film, too. Yeah. There are so, so many in that room, yeah. too. They're everywhere. <laughs> like, in that control room, there's probably at least 20 screens, if not more. Yeah, go back and watch it, and then you're like, oh, man, this poor kid. Oh, there's, there's like, they're everywhere. They're everywhere, dude. They're behind the camera. They're in front of the camera. They're pasted all around the walls. All the consoles have little screens on them. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's a couple characters that I feel like I didn't like were were weirdly left in the film, like the uh, uh f- female lab assistant and the the security card guy. Like they they just they're just there, and like they get a decent amount of screen time, and then they just die. <laughs> I felt like the security guard was supposed to be like a normal person's moral reactions to what's yeah, happening yeah. and like how. But you know, it was a little too obvious when you do stuff like that. I, a little ham-fisted. I do like. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked the characters, but like they're just kind of they're just kind of there. They're like out of place because like, like why would they hire a guy with some morals for a place like this? You know, you would hire someone who doesn't have any, <laughs> or like you know has it, but it's been buried deep down. It's been burned away or something. Yeah, you'd expect him to be like some sleazy dickhead. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone else is a little bit like yeah, that. Yeah, everyone else is like that. Everyone else is sleazy. I guess. I guess just to give them contrast. I, I guess, guess that makes sense. It it does make sense, but it's a little too uh, ham-fisted. It's I like guess too on the nose. Delivery. Yeah. yeah, I do like. I do. I did like that little character beat though. When uh, right before they have sex in the woods, and like the whole company is like laid out in front of the monitors, yeah. waiting for it. <laughs> And they're like, oh. Like, show us the boobs. Yeah. They're like, all right, here, get out of here. Your basic human's needs disgust me. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> and then they do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
and and the guard is like should we be doing this is this really necessary and they're like well it's just part of the scenario we have to do it and yeah. then like they're they're all in frame it's like this uh it's like a two shot and they're in frame like they're waiting for it to happen and he walks out of frame and then like right as the right as it begins like he just kind of creeps back into frame oh, <laughs> really? like, i didn't notice that <laughs> i fuck i cracked up dude i cracked up i'm like <laughs> oh this is a good one i'm gonna have to rewatch it again later yeah, there's there's little stuff like that that makes me makes me appreciate the film. It elevates it for me. A lot of it's pretty dumb, deliberately so, but like there's little little moments sprinkled in there that make you appreciate it. What'd you think about the ending ending? I don't know. It was it was interesting. Like I kinda liked where they went with it. Cause I was like, oh, this is the kind of movie I would want to watch, you know? But I, I like how at the end they kind of try to play like this moral question of it's like, is this even right? Should we be doing this? It's like, I, I could get hints of them trying to hint at like, oh, there's a greater message here. But then it still fell kind of flat for me. I don't know. Because she was like about to shoot her friend to save the world. <laughs> but but then didn't. <laughs> and then she's like, wait, lol, let's just all die. And then they just all die. It's like, okay. Sorry, I tried to shoot you. <laughs> Sorry, like Sorry, you got mauled by a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> I I think the, the greatest parallel I can draw, for me at least, is to Annihilation, where the mm-hmm. the logical through, throughput of the narrative and the characters isn't really there because they kind of put the symbolism they wanted ahead of that. So that's why for me... Uh, if you go back to the Annihilation episode, um, I appreciated what it was doing, but I didn't enjoy it as much because the the narrative structure wasn't really there in a, in a way that made sense for me at least, according to the the logic that the movie put forward. I think Cabin in the Woods is of a similar vein where the symbolism kind of is put a little bit ahead of everything else, which is why. Um, it might feel a little disjointed for some people, uh, but I think it's a little more well done than Annihilation in that really? you know they created this world. Yeah, they created a world where the old gods exist, and it kind of makes sense in that I, world. I guess where, that there's a decent amount of world building that they do. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. Whether you like that world or not, uh, I think that's another question. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can see why, though, why someone might not appreciate or like the movie because, you know. It's kind of it's kind of absurd. I think that's the whole point, though. How absurd everything is, right? Yeah. And yeah. Also, another side note: I like the little little jab, not a jab, but a nod to how they're talking about all the bases in the world where you know they're doing this, you know, like sacrificing people, and they're like, Japan is number one, perfect record, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then that's true. Like Japanese horror movies are kind of messed up if you watch some of them. But like some the one where, yeah, 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 they're trying to kill like little grade schoolers, and then they're holding hands singing Kumbaya. <laughs> Wait, that was pretty funny. I thought that, that yeah, was pretty that funny. funny. <laughs> they turn her into a frog. <laughs> yeah, they turn her into a frog, and they're like, "Oh, she's happy living in this frog now." Everyone's like, "Yay!" But yeah, you know, like all these <laughs> horror movie nods, I I enjoyed it. That's kind of great. Um, yeah, I like. I just like that they let the world burn. Personally, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, sometimes you need to. But the choice is you have to kill. You have to kill the the stoner, 
and then the world goes on, or you just let them live, and then everyone dies anyway. And they're like, fuck it, everyone dies. <laughs> we're just Burn gonna, it all we're down. just gonna kill everyone, whatever. Burn it all down. Pretty good. I, I, I like the ending. I like that they went, they, they didn't go like some half-assed happy ending or something like that. They're just like, nah, everyone dies. No, nah, they're great. just like, we're just gonna torch it down. Like, I can, okay, I guess I can say I can respect this film, but I don't think I have enough enough, enough of an appreciation for horror films to say say that i enjoyed this film yeah because i could understand a lot of what they're going for but i just didn't enjoy it and i i didn't think it was that entertaining like i was constantly stopping the film and just being like why (laughs) like why (laughs) (laughs) like this is so stupid yeah i can appreciate the effort that went into it (laughs) um do we have anything else we want to talk about uh, I think that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, other than that little Japanese scene, which I, I thought was hilarious, that reminded they're trying me to kill like, grade schoolers. Battle Royale, Battle Royale, yeah. Ring, mm-hmm. like all those movies. Yeah, yeah. They're like, let's just make a bunch of kids kill each other. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like these ideas. That, that's why anime is great because, like, you get to showcase all of these weird and strange and like. Sometimes really messed up ideas that uh, you just don't find anywhere else in the world. I, I don't understand how <laughs> they come up with this stuff. That is a great question. There, there's a, you know, there's a funny, it's not funny, it's tragic, but it's also kind of funny in the morbid sense where they have a picture, right? One of them is countries that, that's been nuked. And it's just Japan. And another one is countries <laughs> that produce anime. And, you know, it's overlap. It's just Japan. I'm just saying, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Wait, positive correlation. Yeah, positive correlation. Yeah, one data point is enough to extrapolate on. <laughs> totally, totally. Exactly. Kind of exactly. like how, uh, yeah, exactly. the increase in the you know global warming or whatnot is directly related to the decrease in piracy. You need to pirate more to save the world. You know, it's exactly that's how it is. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Facts. Absolute facts. facts. Okay, so I guess I guess we'll do uh, closing thoughts then. Yeah. Um, so I quite like the movie. I think it's it's definitely uneven. A lot of ideas that are probably a little bit a little bit too clever, <laughs> very on the nose. I, I can appreciate a lot of a lot of the comedy moments. I, I kind of I kind of wanted more. I wanted it to be a little bit funnier, but it was there was still some great great stuff. Chris Hemsworth smashing against an invisible shield with his motorcycle. Um, that incredible elevator scene that elevates the whole movie, just like the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the, the ending elevates the whole movie <laughs> in the same way. And lots of little bits here and there that I can really appreciate. So, uh, cinematically, it's it's pretty good. Mostly because it's not it's deliberately not trying to do anything groundbreaking <laughs> with the cinematography. It's just aping... It's aping... Horror movies that have aped each other for, I don't know, since the beginning of horror as a genre. Uh, so yeah, I will probably give this movie a 5 out of 10. Five, well, 5 Suicide Squads. 5 oh, Suicide Squads. That is wow. much lower than I thought it would be. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah it's, much it's lower an than okay I thought. Okay. It's not something that I'll pull out and be like, hey, let's, let's go watch this, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> and it'll be amazing. But it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's interesting. Okay. 
How about you, Sam? Or sorry, Isaiah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that there's a lot of things in this film I can appreciate, but that doesn't mean I enjoyed it. So I can appreciate, especially the monitors. Man, respect to whoever sad intern had to <laughs> had to do that. Whatever sad un- unpaid yeah. old intern. <laughs> uh, prisoners with jobs. Prisoners uh, with jobs. <laughs> I-, I can appreciate that, but I don't know. I feel like maybe I just don't enjoy horror as a genre, and that's why I really did not enjoy the film that much. So I would probably give it a three. Yeah, three suicide squads. Wow. Okay. What about you, Sam? Yeah, for me, uh, I thought it was well constructed, well shot, and well filmed. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna. I I think it's a better film than Annihilation, in my own opinion. Oh, yeah. Them fighting words, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think words. like Annihilation is very smart, but like also it it's not smart at the same time. Like you you had these big ideas, you went yeah, for yeah. like a nine thousand IQ play. But you went, you ended up with like a, you know, a 90 IQ play, which is still pretty good. But like this one, I felt like it kind of avoided that problem by constructing a world in which this is possible. Like they're trying to prove a point. Yeah, I get that. And I hate movies like that sometimes. Like the, the you can't just make a movie to prove a point. You know, you, you got to make a movie where you like the viewers enjoy the can. world that you built. They just did. I know they did, but like I'm just saying, like I don't want to watch a movie to be like someone have like have someone yell at me for yeah. something, right? Yeah. Like you should I be thinking that. this or this is wrong. I'm like that's not why I watch movies, right? So when I watch a movie that does that, it has to have that in the background. And I think Cabin in the Woods does a fairly good job in doing that, where and they create this world where the things that are happening sort of makes sense even though they're completely crazy and illogical in the real world in, in that world it does make sense and that world no longer exists because the elder guys woke up and they destroyed everything <laughs> but um for me i think it was smarter in that they have a lot of big ideas that they want to put forward not only that they made a world where those big ideas they're trying to put forward if they can hide it a little bit better than let's say annihilation did at least for me so I'm gonna give this movie an eight. Uh, wow! Just because wow. here, here's why too. I I loved Tropic Thunder, and <laughs> and then we're gonna talk about Black but Dynamite. To me, Black Dynamite yeah. is like the best of the <laughs> yeah. best you can okay. get in terms of <laughs> okay. like a parody Fair film. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, but like I enjoy all these movies where they're poking fun at something. Yeah, and the better they do it, the more power to them. Uh, so I feel like Cabin in the Woods was even a little bit better in terms of structure f- than Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, I love more. It's 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 hands yeah, on. It's yeah. too funny. <laughs> it's too funny. It's the, yeah, the Tom Cruise's performance in that you can't beat that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I just can't. The more I think about it, and the more things that Barry points out, even like the things that you don't like. Um, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I think this is a well made movie. Like enjoyable might not be the word because you have to be in the right mood to watch this. It's not just something you watch, you know, when you're bored. <laughs> you know, but um, when you are though, I think it's it kind of sticks with you. Like, yeah, like the elevator scene, Barry. I still remember that scene, even though I watched this movie a long time ago. 
it's I still remember it. It's so wonderful. Yeah. It's so wonderful. All right, I think that's it. Anything else you guys want to add in before we do our outro? I think briefly we can list the number of monsters that are in this movie. Oh yeah. And the number of references. So there's, there's so many though. <laughs> there's yeah. aliens, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptiles, clowns, witches, sexy witches, <laughs> demons, hell lord, there's an angry molesting tree, giant snake, <laughs> deadites, which is a yeah, deadites, which is a reference to Evil Dead, I think, with um I don't know, with the guy with the chainsaw hand. Ash, Ash yeah. something. Just Ash. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm it's tired. Just Ash. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mummy, Bride, the Scarecrows. The Scarecrows were the one that killed the, the security guard, I think, right? They just yeah. pick him up and tear him to pieces, yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. I like that. I like brutality. Violence is always fun. There's <laughs> <laughs> like vampires. There's a fairy, merman, the unicorn, obviously, Sasquatch, zombie, redneck, torture family. <laughs> That's oddly specific. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think which zombie is, too. Which is functionally different from zombies. And I'm pulling this from the whiteboard, by the way. And then the final monster is Kevin. <laughs> Kevin? It's just Kevin. Which maybe is a Home Alone reference? I, I feel mm. like it might be a Home Alone reference. Could be um, like Jason, you know? Just like a singular first name, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's just Kevin. It's great. Um, but those those are the ones that are on the whiteboard. But there's a lot more that they briefly show, and you have to really be looking out for them to see what they're doing. Um, like, have you seen the little guys robot seen? guy? You know, with the saws and stuff. Where is he from? Uh, I don't know. I, I or is feel he like just like a generic monster? I think it's just a generic monster. Okay. I mean, there have been other movies with like killer robot stuff. You know, um, there's some really specific references. Like if you've seen Firefly, the um. The Reavers from Firefly, well, they're in this. Oh. Although, yeah, there's there's some Reavers in there. Uh, you see them very briefly. There's also uh, apparently in that elevator scene. There's the flying pr- uh, purple people eater. <laughs> <laughs> the purple people eaters in there. What? Okay. And uh, if you've played Left for Dead, uh, all of the all of the monsters from Left for Dead are in one of the elevator packs. Real little, little like the boomer, cages. yeah, the boomer, the smoker, the, yeah, the smoker, the tank hunter. They're all in there. Um, apparently, there was supposed to be a video game tie-in for the Cabin in the Woods, but that kind of fell through for some reason. But but they're in there, so that's. I just wanted I to briefly to go that. through it all because they spent a lot of time on the creature effects for all these creatures. Uh, and then the mermaids. Oh man, the mermaid. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's like, Are you oh, kidding me? I just want to see the mermaids. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. He was holding Every the couch. And then, oh man, that like, that gout of blood coming out of like his blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fantastic. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll, we'll sign it off there. All right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I got to rewatch that movie now. I totally missed the Left 4 Dead reference. This has been episode 17 of the Pony Headcast on The Cabin in the Woods. I noticed that it's THE Cabin in the Woods. If you just type in Cabin in the Woods without THE in front of it, you get something else. Uh, I thought that was kind of Isn't that a different funny. movie? Different horror uh, movie? <laughs> different Maybe. Horror movie. Yep. Maybe, yeah. 
Anyways, thank you guys for listening in. We really do appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Once again, that email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again for wrapping by. We really do appreciate it. And catch us next time on the Pointy Hatcast. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay pointy.